Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I am Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damian Kristoff. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And this is the Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into our lives. Um, I've been watching, I saw this movie recently. I always love this line uh, Spider Man. You guys seen Spider Man? The movie? Not, yes, not in I a have. very long time. I, in a very long time. <laughs> well, there you go. I have. Yes. Uh, there's this classic line, right? It talks about um, with great power comes great responsibility. You remember that line? The classic line from the uncle tells uh, yeah. uh, Spider Man. And today's show, we're going to talk about responsibility. Uh, we, mm. you know, it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing how many people I hear say that our life is dictated by genetics and DNA. And, and um, I'm, you know, overweight because my parents were or my grandparents were or I'm sick or, or I have heart disease because of my parents. You know, do you guys get that in your patients? Yeah, all the time. Or, or I've got this posture because of, you know, it runs in the family or this certain injury because it runs in the family. We just, you hear that a lot. You hear that all the time. And, and often it, it almost comes from a point of people feeling a little bit helpless because they've been told that, um, you know, that they just have to sort of learn to live with it and accept it a lot of the time or, the, or that this is just the way things are going to be. Um, and, and so it, it creates this lack of responsibility. It creates this lack of feeling of control in their life, which is, which is really concerning because, you know, we know that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Well, it's true. It, it's such a good point. And I do see it all the time as well. Obviously, I saw it more when I was dealing with people with weight uh, issues. Um, but I don't do so much weight loss these days. I, I got a little bit despondent with the whole weight thing and I'm happy to share it here, you know, today. And knowing that a lot of the people that I've helped over the years, we'll be listening to this particular podcast. And I think the one thing that, you know, that created a degree of despondency was this sense of helplessness that um, for many people, there was this internal struggle uh, that they just couldn't get past the mindset of actually being well. So like Brett and Lawrence and I always talk about, we always talk about, well, why don't you strive for wellness as opposed to striving just to lose weight? And so I just, you know, for the last four and a half years of, Helping people lose weight, actually it's longer than that, but in, in a particular program. But, you know, helping people lose weight hasn't really made me feel fantastic because I want people to just be well and that would be far better. But many people keep on defaulting back to that whole gene thing, Lawrence, which you just spoke about. They say that, well, mum was fat, dad was fat, my kids are fat, so it's got to be genes. But it's really the environment which is what determines and gets people in that position in the first place. But surely, though, Demo, that genetics do come into play here, right? Can you talk a little bit about that and how genetics actually do come into play and and how we need to take self-responsibility here to also dictate where the genes go? Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, it's good, I'll tell you, it's a good point because look, genes do come into play to some extent. Now, there are some genes, and look, I'm not the uh, foremost expert in this by any stretch of the imagination. We'll have Margie Smith on for one of these calls at you know, not too distant future. She'll be able to talk more about the in-depth um, intricacies of genetics and how that influences our health and well-being. We'll do that shortly. Um, but there are some genes that actually do contribute to the program of people's <clears throat> decision-making, whereby they will find it easier and, and uh, will be tempted to turn to the dark side, so to speak, um, more so than, say, we three, who may not be programmed in that particular way. 
And it's not the ob, you know, the fat gene or the fab PT gene, P, the fab P gene, or the in, in the genes that have been described as being the fat genes. This particular gene actually alters cognition and decision making, and, uh, and and so that is, I suppose, one genetic controller. But for the most part, everything else has epigenetic control. So we might have a particular gene that will program for um, rapid fat storage or for poor carbohydrate hydrate breakdown or for um, poor saturated fatty acid um, in metabolism um, and so it may code for that but it actually takes environmental triggers to actually activate these genes to behave in a particular way so you've got to have lifestyle or you've got to have environmental things going on that will actually trigger these genes to do what they've got to do it's, it's not just that because you've been given a, a gene you can actually that you'll actually code for that it's like being given a, a bike and told that you can ride it it's you've got to learn how to ride it first so there's got to be some mm. kind of a trigger to get it going before it's going to just work for you or against so, you so essentially we talk about the difference between you know when the, when we first started discovering these genes we spoke a lot about genetic determinism which was that you know if you have the gene then you get this disease and what we found as we've gone along is that that's very rarely the case you know there are, there are some true genetic disorders where you know if you have that gene you know if, if you have that that 21st chromosome then then down syndrome is is going to be a, a you know a consequence of that uh, but for most things that's just not the case so we, we're talking now instead of talking about ge genetic determinism we're talking about genetic predispositions which means yeah. that I've got a predisposition that if I live an unhealthy lifestyle that I'm going to be predisposed to having heart disease or I'm going to be predisposed to having cancer or diabetes or whatever it may be. Um, but that's only if I surround myself with that unhealthy environment. What we've also been able to see is that if you surround yourself with a really healthy environment, then you cannot switch on those genes, which is really that's important it. too. Well, that's that epigenetic control, Brett, that we've just been talking about. You know, yeah. the ability to control your expression of your life. And, uh, and Bruce Lipton, you know, I really hope we can get Bruce onto one of our calls one day because I think he would just smash and nail the whole um, epigenetic thing. That would be just gold, wouldn't it? But um, oh, one day we'll see how we go with that. That's a toughie. <laughs> well, but, epigenetics uh, is pretty – I mean, epigenetics is a big term, right? So I think the best simple explanation is that it's almost like a light switch, right? So your environment that you place yourself in, the things that you eat or certain types of foods switches on those genes. And um, and when those switched on, and obviously that you're gonna you know move towards ill health, and that's what we don't want. So, but the the going back one step um, from this is that we got to remember that we are responsible. Like this is what this whole podcast is about. That we need to take responsibility, not just for ourselves, right? We we got to take responsibility for the generations below us as well, like for our kids and our grandkids, because when we take control. Uh, then we can make a difference. We can make something happen because if we give control to someone else, then um, it's almost like it's up to them. And I, I've seen this so many times where we said, "Well, my doctor told me to take this," and so it's almost like you're giving this power to like this doctor to and nothing against medical doctors or you know whoever you listen to. Um, it's but you're giving this power to someone else to dictate where your health is going to go. And, and, and sometimes we, it's not even a doctor. Sometimes it's my auntie or my mum, yeah. my sports trainer or my friend at work. Like or, sometimes it's yeah. actually just the internet, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I'll be careful saying that because we're an internet-based show here. But, um, <laughs> but you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't just take anything we say on face value and just go ahead and do it. You know, you should actually be a bit inquisitive about that. Um, you should think about that a bit more. You want to you want to investigate everything we're saying and, and figure out what works for you. And the same for all those other sources you're getting information from. 
For so for sure. So that's so true. Because Doctor Doctor um, Doctor Google and Professor Wiki, they're not always <laughs> the most uh, reliable sources, are they? But uh, the other thing is that you should, you know, I think what you're saying there is that we uh, we should be taking our own health into our own hands. And I suppose, you know, we're, we're preaching to the converted here because the people that are listening to this are actually doing that, of course. Mm. So, uh, you know, it's such, a, it's such a great thing that you're listening to it. But the people next to you in your workplace or the people driving next to you in the car, smoking their cigarette, sucking on a can of Coke, aren't really thinking about that. Um, or those people that you just drove past turning left into McDonald's, um, they're kind <laughs> of not, you know, really, you know, they're, they're not in the same boat is what you guys are listening to this call well, but this is this is something I talk about a lot in the practice statement when we're doing our talks and what we say to people is we say look at the stats for Australia and what they show is that 78% of people have some sort of chronic disease and so we say to people look if, if you want to behave like everyone else then chances are you're going to get the same results as everyone else hmm. which is the chances are you're going to have some sort of chronic disease you know is that really what you want or do you think maybe you should take responsibility and start doing something a little bit different that's right that's it I mean yeah the well, I'll just say this, you know, if you if you go to Midas, expect a muffler. You know, if you're going to call O'Brien's, expect a windscreen. So, you know, you don't expect something different if you're going to be, you know, driving to the place or doing the things that are going to get the disease or the problem. So don't expect a different outcome if you're going to keep doing the same stuff. And that comes back to um, understanding that what you program into your children's mind or what was programmed into your mind at a really young age, you have to literally either help your kids to undo or you've got to help yourself to undo. And that's what we want to talk about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, let's face it, you know, there's a difference between sick care and healthcare, right? So, you know, if you want to learn about healthcare, you don't go to the hospital and learn from those people, right? Because they're sick. You know, you got to learn from the people who are actually healthy and learn what they're doing right. And so it's the same thing. So you got to really take control and take responsibility. Now, no one ever gets fat just by eating one Big Mac or one can of Coke, right? They have That's to do true. it repeatedly, repeatedly over and over again. So you got to start to think like what, you know, if you're, you know, if you're struggling with your weight, for example, or struggling to be unfit and unmotivated to actually exercise, you know, you got to start thinking like what decisions am I making? Not just in a daily uh, decision making, but on a probably minute by minute decision you're making to actually get you to the spot that you're in. But the best thing about this, what we're saying about self-responsibility is that you have a choice at this point, at the moment you're listening to this right now, to change all of that if you choose to. Like, that was the history in the past, and I know it got you to where you are, but it doesn't mean you can't take another path as of right now to make better choices uh, from now on. The next choice when you decide to, whatever you're going to eat next, or the decision whether you should go for a walk or a run or go to the gym or not, um, or, you know, how, or have better thoughts instead of, you know, uh, thinking in negativity. The choices right now that you make from now on to the rest of your life will dictate the path that you're going to have. So it's very, very important you start to think about that. And the key to making those right choices is to start taking a bit more of a long-term perspective on things. You know, if we start sitting down and thinking about what do I want to eat right now and I might be in a state of craving, I might be really hungry, there might be some junk food around me perhaps, um, then the decision I make that's going to satisfy me most right now might be a very different decision to what's going to make me happy tomorrow or next week or next year or in 10 years time. Um, And so 
you need to start taking a longer term perspective. So look, this is you know what is my what is my dream life, and you know is eating this or is doing this or not doing this is that going to help get me closer to my ultimate long term plan? Um, and at the end of the day, I think there's a lot more satisfaction in that ultimate long term plan and and moving towards that than there is in the instant satisfaction you get from from doing whatever it is but you just got to have that longer term perspective to see that bigger picture which allows you to make a different decision in that moment does that make sense absolutely 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 it does it you know i often talk about this thing as well brett i and and i'll see in my power food talk i talk about um the difference between being focused and being inspired and I think having a long-term view or a long-term vision is about your inspiration. It's about the things that uh, that are the key drivers, the key motivators that get you out of bed every single day beyond your immediate goals. The immediacy which we tend to uh, focus on on a daily basis and the reason why we get ourselves into so much trouble is for, you know, as a result of immediate gratification. The, the long-term vision or the long-term um, inspiration that we can hang on to, that we can actually attach our success Access to is what's going to get us to that healthy point or that point where we, you know, are really happy and you know content with our life. Mm. And I think one of the challenges for people is you know that having that long term vision is so long term that they kind of sometimes say, well, it's okay, um, you know, if I just sort of screw up today, tomorrow, and the next seven days or so. You know what I mean? They kind of just don't you find that like sometimes someone will yeah. start a diet and they might go three days into it or something, and then they go, oh, well, I, I need to cheat, and so they cheat, and then they kind of go out and off the wagon, so they sweet, quote unquote, right? And it's, yeah. but what we're saying is that it shouldn't be about a diet. A diet is so temporary, right? It's it's mm. it's very very temporary. What we're saying is that you got to create a lifestyle. You got to make a choice here, and um and I love it the way you say that uh, demo about inspiration because unless you find that inspiration to do it for someone or something that's really, you know, that kind of just hits that heart where you might want to make you cry if just thinking about it, until you have that inspiration, it's very difficult to kind of be motivated and to be inspired to make better choices. I mean, let's face it, um, oftentimes a chocolate cake put in front of you, you're going to be tempted, right? It's temp- like those things that, you know, we indulge in is basically a temptation for us because we know it tastes good, but it's a, such a short term. We, we'll get a sort of a, a short term reward for it. But, mm. you know, what are the consequences long term? Yeah, that one chocolate cake is not going to kill you. But how many times do we have to eat that chocolate cake before you start to realize that that's not good for you? And I think sometimes people don't even realize that that one exception has become a permanent habit. Um, mm. And so sometimes it's really good for people to actually sit down and just take a, make a diary, you know, even if it's just for two weeks of perhaps what I ate or what sort of exercise I did or didn't do. And it's amazing how when you actually put it down on paper and then you actually like sort of look through it and critically analyze it, you realize that, well, I kind of thought I was just making an exception here and there, but actually the exception has become the norm. That's actually become what I'm doing all the time. Um, and I, I see that a lot as well. I don't know about you guys. True. I think we need to, sometimes, all of us do, I know I, know I do, and, you know, every once in a while, maybe every month, you sort of sit back and go like, all right, let's reevaluate my life and what's what's going right and what's going wrong, you know, and, and what can I change and how can I modify it to make it better? 
and it's all about striving forward. And and we talked about that daily writing thing. I think I just discovered this, well, maybe just discovered, but I started doing this in the last month, and I think it's been inspiration for me. It's it ins- inspiring for me is to be able to write down the top three things I accomplished today, like top three things that pushed me forward. Um, nice. And I write those down. So, but it's staying in the positive, saying, okay, you know what, I accomplished these things. I won't go to bed until I finish three. Like, or at least I write three things. I have to search for my brain that I did something three things, and then I write down the top three things I'm going to do tomorrow that I want to sort of want to achieve. And then I rate myself too every day. You know, what's my productivity? Like, how was I productive? And trust me, I haven't got 100% yet, right? Some <laughs> days is at 20%, some days is at 75%. But, you know, I, it's being a self-evaluator saying, you know what, how well did I do today? And then, right, right, you know, right. but the, the last one, the fourth um, thing that I do is write down one thing that I'm really, really grateful for. So that's the last thing I do before I go to bed because I want to set my mind when I go to bed to be thinking about those types of things. What am I grateful for today? Thankful for? Because in that state of peace of mind that I know I'm taking full responsibility for this light, this day. And if I wasn't happy with that day, then I have still have tomorrow. But at least I'm looking, I'm evaluating that day each, each and every single day and moving forward with it. Yeah, and I know there's going to be people out there saying, wow, like if Mr. Perfect can't get 100%, like how am I ever going to get 100%? Because, you know, but but that's kind of the point, isn't it? That it's not about getting 100%, right? It's about getting maybe 1% more than you did yesterday. You know, it's about just taking one small action, changing one behavior, taking responsibility for one thing that's actually just going to move you forwards and move you in that right direction. Because I always think it's, it's more important what direction you're heading than where you're at. And if you can get yourself moving in that right direction, then that's going to be just so good. It's going to create huge long-term change for you. Mm, so true. So I mean, can we start maybe at the start? So, you know, we, we look at what influences uh, we have. And in our early years, we have influences from our parents and from people around us who are close to us. And it's acknowledged by many religions around the world that if we can have a child uh, from the age of zero to seven, we've got them for life. And so when you translate that and you understand what that actually means is that if we can influence the child's thinking or behavior from zero through to seven, they will understand and believe what they've learned for the remainder of their life. That'll be their default. Now, you can extrapolate that a little bit further to say, well, okay, well, if we've got them from zero to seven and we model them on what we'd like them to have from zero through to seven, then perhaps from seven through to 13 where they're probably going to respect us you know, the most, um, then we might even have a little bit of a chance left. But it still appears that it's from... Uh, zero to seven, that's the most important. Then from seven to 13, we've got a little bit. But from 13 onwards, you really haven't got much to, to you know, saying things because you've got these little adults, they're adolescents, they're teenagers, they're experiencing, they get hormones flooding, there's a whole lot of decision-making going on. And you, and look, everybody who's, who's ever lived through that period in their life, which every, almost everyone listening to this call is, is, has actually lived through this period of life, you know that you want to take all the world all by yourself. You're not going to go and listen to the person who's been trying to teach you for the whole of your life. So the problem is that if you've stuffed it up to start with, it's really, really hard to go and unstuff it up. So from time to time, I'll get emails and cries for help for people to, you know, to get some support uh, for, for their children when it's gone too far. And it breaks my heart because some people have left it too late to actually get access to their children's brains or their children's bodies to be able to influence their health and their well-being. Now, if you're our age, say 30 to 40, <laughs> do you know that? <laughs> 30 to 40, if you're our age, then you've, you've got to go and do... 40, 
Why twenty to forty? Well, we're not. But we're in that. We're in that bracket. We look oh. twenty. <laughs> I still think Mr. Porcelain. I know. But uh, but you know, if you're in our, if you're in that age group, where you you know, or even if you've gone beyond that, you're forty to fifty or fifty to sixty, and you've got to undo some habits. You've got a lot of work to do because it's from zero through to seven that you've got to go and try and break down those habits or those things that were ingrained into your mind. But and, not impossible. Uh, just want to say it's not impossible, but many people, many people actually uh, will remember that one of the first things that they ever read about in terms of diet or food and nutrition was the food pyramid. So that was from zero to seven. You'll see that inside of your cereal box. So many of us actually still follow the food pyramid model of eating, even without even knowing that we do. So you've got to try and undo all that stuff. And so I think it's important to say, yeah, like Lawrence was saying, what we're not trying to say, if you're over seven, don't worry about it, it's too hard because you certainly can still make the change. But what we are trying to say is if you've got kids or grandkids and they're in that zero to seven age bracket, then now is the time you want to start creating those links and, and modeling that behavior and teaching them how, you know, what healthy behaviors are and how to do them. And I think one of the best ways to do that is what you've got to do is you've got to focus on teaching your kids to want to do healthy stuff rather than teaching your kids they have to do healthy stuff. Um, and I see this all the time where you know parents will just sort of tell the kids, look, you have to eat healthy, um, you have to exercise all the time. And when the parents are around, they do it because my parents said I have to do it. But the kids don't understand why they have to do it. And so either the parents haven't explained to them why or they've explained to them using reasons that matter to the parents, right? So, you know, your average kid thinks they're pretty indestructible. They're not too worried about whether they're going to get chronic disease later on in their life, right? It's just not kind of sexy for them. It doesn't float their boat. It doesn't get them inspired to do something different. But, you know, if I tell my three-year-old that it's going to make him run faster or jump higher, like he's all over it. He's like, right, let's go. And and that's a real good motivator for him to do something a little bit different. Or at the moment, if I tell him it's going to make him play cricket better because it's kind of the start of the cricket season, he sees dad out there playing cricket and thinks that that's something he might like to do, then he's he's happy to make that change and that makes him want to make that change and want to be healthier. Um, and so I think that's really important. If you if you want to create those links that are going to last your kids for the rest of their life, then you've got to show them why they should want to be healthy, not why you want them to be healthy. It's so true. But it, let's let's face it: that you know, our kids, Brett and I, um, specifically, that our kids not hit that thirteen plus years Absolutely. at the moment. So gonna they, they're going to come back and go, yeah, whatever, Dad. Um, yeah, I'm Brett, just, I was just going to play you for a bit, of, sure a, bit of a wake up call. I got to tell you because. My little boy has had a lot of exposure to good food and a lot of exposure to lots of information. And he turned 12 yesterday, which is awesome. But he's now a teenager. And so when, <laughs> when you get to that age, you kind of go questioning. So, you know, Jackson's about to embark on a 12-month challenge to have no chocolate, no soft drink, and no lollies. Now, it breaks my heart that we've actually got to do a challenge at this stage in his life to actually take that out of his life because it's gotten into it because the kids at school talk all about it. They do it all. Um, you know, th there's... There's a lot of influences that are external. You know, his grandparents go, oh, kids have got to have lollies. So, you know, don't don't stop your children from having lollies because it's it's ruining their chi their childhood. And so, you know, Jackson's had all this sort of stuff. And so we've got a 12-month challenge where he, he, he's not going to have it. And he set this challenge for himself so he can do it himself. But th there's so many 
people out there going, come on, Brett, he's three. Yeah. He's not, he's uh, you're you're absolutely right, Damo. But the thing about Jacko is that he's got that imprint there. Like he knows that when he was doing it right and when he was eating the right stuff, he knows how he felt. He knows you know, how energetic he was, how much fun he was having, how his moods were different. He's actually got something to compare it to. And, and that's, that's going to stick with him. Regardless, that's going to stick with him for the rest of his life, no matter how off the rails he goes, no matter how unhealthy he gets, he's always going to have that point of comparison that he can come back to when he's ready to say, hey, do you know what? And, and this is probably why he set himself this challenge is he's got something to compare it to. Whereas a lot of kids, unfortunately, don't have a point of comparison where they can say, do you know what? You know, when I was doing this different, I was getting different results and, and maybe I should go back to that. Yeah, Jamal, I think I agree with Brett 100% there because, you know, awareness is key. Like at least Jack is is you know jackson's at least taking the initiative to even consider something like that right whether he makes it through or not like that's that's his the, his responsibility right self-responsibility i'm sure it's learning experience either way yeah but either it, way he's going to learn stuff about himself and it, learn stuff about his diet and, and how it affects him which but is great by great. G, i tell you what he better get through <laughs> but honestly honestly for me guys it's it's that it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart every time, you know, I, I walk around and I see kids that are, you know, overweight or unfit and just have no life in them. And it's, terrible, and it's not their fault, you know, in, in a way, it, because it's not. It's not it, their, it's, it's not it started fault. off with, um, you know, maybe the parents just didn't know. And, and beginning those, you know, where we talked about the zero to seven age and did not have the right imprint. Now, it's really sad because... Because it's, they're, they're already set up in, in their mindset on how life is going to be or how it should be. And they will continue that path unless something drastically happens in their life and they're going to change course. And some of them do make it through that way, but a lot of them don't. And it's just because of that awareness. They have no awareness of what's right and what's wrong. And we talk about, you know, Brett, you mentioned about teaching and, and teaching them values of health. But I think there's also a couple of combinations that will actually reinforce that. You as the parent, the listeners, guys, if you are a parent of your kids, you actually have to do the things that you want your kids to do. Like if you are, if you tell your kids not to smoke or not to drink and you are smoking and drinking at the same time, that's not going to work. You can teach them all you want, but they're going to get smart, right? To a point, once it gets smart, they're going to go like, well, why should I listen to you? So modeling is huge. And if you want to change your kid's life, you actually have to be the change first. You actually have to take the initial step and self-responsibility for your kid's sake. For your kids' sake, be that you know, let your kids be the inspiration. What Damon talked about, to be, um, to make that change, and you have to be, you know, if you want your kids to stop eating lollies, you got to be stopping eating lollies as well, you know. And, and you can't fake it, can you, Damon? Like I know, even with my three-year-old, right? Like they'll just see straight through you. I can't imagine what it's like once I get to twelve. <laughs> well, it's funny because they're not as smart when they're twelve. They're not, <laughs> but still, they do. They do pick up on stuff, and they do notice stuff. And you know, they actually, yeah. What I've noticed as we get older is our our vision becomes a little bit more tunnelled. We've got a little bit more focus, and we're less likely to take in as much of the periphery. And so I was speaking about this just the other day, in that we tend to focus more on what's almost directly right in front of us. And we miss what's happening around us. And kids tend to take in a lot more about what's around them. And so I, I don't know what that is, but maybe it, that's the reason why they pick up and they can see through us. Maybe uh, that's what I disagree with about um, them not picking it up. I mean, guys, I mean, we all, you have young kids. I mean, my, my little one, my Christian, he's like 16 months old. He, had, he knows how to turn on an iPad or an iPhone. Like, I mean, come <laughs> he's on. He's a Tam. You know, he's a Tam, yeah. 
<laughs> but I mean, like they pick things up so quickly, and they know where things are. They know how to s- turn certain things on. They know where you know, um, you know the vitamins are or whatever it is. Or they, they're yeah. smart, and even at that age, at one year old, they're actually picking things up. So I think. I think it's wrong to assume that they don't because, the, you know, at one year old, they can pick up for sure at three or four. They're picking up those little, little things that you're doing that you might be trying to hide. But there's no way that they're not seeing that. Mm. Oh, I, well, I agree. I agree. No, I was, I was being a bit facetious. But I was yeah. just saying that as Jackson, I've noticed that as Jackson gets older, um, he still he still takes in a lot more, and I probably notice less about what he's doing um, as as I get a little bit older. You know, mm. maybe that's just me getting older. I don't and, know. But um, and as well as as well as modelling the right uh, stuff, Lawrence, you were also speaking earlier about making sure you surround yourself and surround your family with the right environment as well. Do you want to speak about that? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to live a healthy and wellness lifestyle, you got to make sure that you actually have healthy and wellness foods around, right? Or you that's also got to make sure you take your kids to healthy things, like you know. If you go to the gym, why not take your kids and be parts of it? I mean, Kaya came to the gym the other day. I asked her if she wanted to come, and she was actually exercising with me on, on the floor. You know, yeah. she was having a blast. I love it. Um, and, and you know, if you're going to go to a particular venue, um, you, you know, just say it's, a, I don't know, like an auto show or something, you know, choose the right foods there. You know, obviously, most of the time you can't choose good food, so you just leave and go somewhere else to actually choose better food, and you explain to them why. So the environment that you, you set yourself out in your own home is going to be really important. Like, if you want your kids to exercise, but you don't do any of the exercising or don't have, you know, inspirational quotes or don't have, like, that type of um, mentality around your household and talk about negativity all the time, that's not going to be really conducive for a really healthy lifestyle. So if you want your kids to be positive and love life, you got to make sure that you live a positive and love life as well. And if you're talking about negativity about you know what's going on in the news and all the death and murder that's going on, well, guess what? Your kids are going to be you know inundated with that too. If you filled your household with negative television shows and stuff and soap opera, the best soap opera that around the you know the home away or whatever it is, the bold and beautiful whatever it's on that's the kids are going to pick that up right you know subconsciously Lawrence giving away his dirty secrets yes you know my, my secrets <laughs> secrets out oh no brilliant all right so guys i think the three things that we got to keep in mind is about self-responsibility is that if you want to teach your kids about self-responsibility first teach them self-responsibility and teach them to yeah. take responsible for their own health and wellness but it's got to start with you too Okay, as the parents. So the three things we talked about is teaching them, be the authority and teaching them, especially when they're younger. And the younger, the better, because as they go older, get older, sorry, they're going to, obviously, it's going to be a lot harder and a lot more struggle to deal with. Um, modeling is huge. You got to be the person that you want your kids to be. And the third is actually have set up the right environment in your household and everything that you do in terms of the wellness lifestyle that you want for your family and for your grandkids. So another great episode, guys. I'd love to hear what the listeners have to say about this. Um, please join us on Facebook and tell us what your tips are for taking responsibility and maybe give us where you are actually taking responsibility on your own, uh, where you actually made a drastic change in your life and tell us when, what age did you do it at and what's the outcome. So join us when on... When you find it hard. Tell us when you find it hard and what struggles you have with it as well. Yeah, I think that's really Yeah, what important. are your barriers? What are your, what are your blockages? Mm, and how you overcame them if you did. So, all right. Yeah. So join us on Facebook and do that. Make sure you obviously sign up uh, for each episode on iTunes uh, because that's, that's, that's where you're going to get your downloads for, for these podcasts. And join us on thewellnessguys.com at the website. Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guys Show.